This is Susanna Hills Podcast. We hope this message becomes a revelation in your heart and will encourage you to live a Christ-centered life. Thanks for checking out our podcast. Here's today's message. Well, good evening, guys. Are you well? Hey, it's really good to be here. What a great privilege and honor to be with you all. And um, <clears throat> yeah, just I was telling the guys today at the Pastors Fraternal, uh, I was driving back here, and, and I wanted to say it feels like I'm coming home, but it's obviously not my home. But it feels like I'm coming to family, you know? And I always love coming here and just seeing the development and the growth. And I want to commend you guys, you know, and commend Gareth and the eldership team. Um, obviously, you've gone through a transition, you know, with Mark and Marie, and probably about a year and, what, three months, two months? Yeah, November, three, three. Yeah, so even more, you know? And uh, it's gone well, it's gone brilliantly. You know, and I was with Mark and Marie, I'm sure you guys know, about six weeks ago. Also, they've gone through some really good things, you know, tough things. But God is good, man, and His kingdom is advancing. Amen. And so, yeah, I just wanted to say well done. Well done to the church, well done to this team, well done to the existing elders, and well done to Gareth and Ainsley, just for stepping up to the plate. And just it's delightful for me to see... Uh, you walking into you all, but and you as a couple walking into what God has got for you. Wonderful, hey! Really, I feel the affirmation of the Father on all of you. Well done. Good. It's just the power of Jamie. Well done for his faithful service. Father, I know God's presence. I ask this for your help. Can there be a greater privilege than being called to shepherd your flock? Can there be a greater privilege to train shepherds for your flock? And I pray tonight, Lord, in Jesus' name, that you would help me and you would, more importantly, help my hearers. That, Father, that it would be you speaking them to them through me. Jesus, you said when you sent out the 12 and the 72, ever receives you, receives me, and receives the one who sent me. Now, Lord, I, I'm clear that I'm not you. But I'm also clear that you come through me. You come through gifts that you send to churches to speak to them. And I pray that you would do that tonight, Lord. Humbly I ask that, Lord. I pray that uh, people would hear, that you'd open their ears of their hearts to hear what you're saying in their eyes of theirs to see your call, your plan, and your purpose, Father God. Even if they never walk in the office of an elder, let them see it. Let them understand it so that they can uh, um, work together in team well with the eldership team, Father God. Lord, we just come against every vain thought, every imagination, every high thing that would exalt itself above you. We bind it. We rebuke it in Jesus' name. Lord, we only want to be submitted to you, to your spirit, and to your word. And Lord, the things where we need to unlearn, help us to unlearn. Where we need to relearn, help us to relearn. And help us to embrace all that you have for us. In Jesus' name. Amen. So hey guys, I'm quite happy for interruptions and questions. And if you don't agree or you don't know, understand or you want to ask, just raise your hand and I can deal with it. Is that okay? Perfect. Um, so I was chatting to Gareth today. Um, during COVID, well let me start with that. So during COVID, we did some, we trained uh, Eldership couples. We trained John and Michelle. We trained um, Max and Tendai. We trained um, 
Hope and Wara, and we trained Andre and Julie. So we trained four couples. And we did it via Zoom, and some of you were on that training, and I think we had about another five churches, about 80 people. And we trained, I think it was five sessions, an hour or two hours of each. It's like 10 hours of training. And tonight I've got 45 minutes times two, so hour and a half, are you with me? So, and I said to guys, you know, what would you like, and who's in the room, and you know, at what level do you want me to pitch it? So, it's, it's going to be at quite a basic level tonight, are you with me? Just because um, that's what we feel is going to be best. And so, if you're in the room and you've done this, you, you might not be hearing anything new for the first time, but that's all right. You know, I remember at Cornerstone, I did Leadership One three times. I did it once, then I did it with Myra a second time, then I, sorry, I actually did it five times, and then I presented it three times. And every time I did it, even in presenting it, I learned things. You know what I'm saying? And so it's good. But let me say this, just in terms of what you were saying, Gareth. So, Gareth, so, you know, during COVID, we trained those couples that I mentioned. So we had, um, we had myself and Myra, Barry and Lee, Morris and Sylvia, Mike and Anne, Dennis and Vanessa, and then we trained uh, Frank and Rosie. So we had six with Anne couples. Then we trained these, Mark, uh, John and Michelle, we trained Hope and Warrior. Is it me or must I just carry on talking? Okay. Um, John and Michelle, um, Hope and Warrior, Max and Tendai. And did I mention Raphael and Barbara? Anyway, the, we had 13 couples. Well, 11 or 12 couples. Dennis and Vanessa went to Spain. Andre and Julia had to step down just some personal stuff and finances and work and just couldn't handle both. No problem. Um, they'll come back on at some point. So they were, these guys were elders in training. So Dennis and Vanessa plant into Spain, Andre and Julie stepped down. Um, I get back from my South America trip right now. Barry diagnosed with bone marrow cancer. Terminal, can't treat it. Five to eight years to live. He served, he's been on eldership. For, we planted the church on Friday this coming week. We're 21 years old. May the 19th. He's been on eldership 20 years. And he said to me, look, if you don't mind, I'm going to step down. Just the reality, he's got his own business now. He doesn't know what's happening. I said to him, hey, buddy, be free. Bob and Raphael, they came on a visa for five years. They applied last year for an extension. As you know, what's happening with Zimmer, nothing. So that expired on the 23rd of April. They're going back in May. And then Morris is 70 years. So, so it's, it's interesting as well. Um, Barry turned 62 this year. Morris uh, turned 70. And Raphael 65. So now look, I believe there's Caleb and Joshua's. Are you with me? That can, can lead well into to later years. But there's also different people in different seasons. And uh, Morris said to me, hey, you know, it just feels like he wants to take a sabbatical this year. And um, I said to him, hey, Morris, you know, you're 70 years old. You came up to eldership in 2013. It's been 10 years. And I reckon in this stage of your life, you, you need to be free to minister and serve the Lord and do those things. And Morris loves to do work, translocal work and things like that, you know. And I said, I don't know that you want to be tied down to eldership duties and responsibilities because they are very clear duties and responsibilities, you know. And I actually felt the Lord say to me, because uh, so Frank and Rosie, one of Morris and Sylvia's um, daughters and sons, they they you know they lead a site for us. 
And then Angela and Dimitri are at another church called New, New, New Life United, Jonathan Isaacs. You know him, he was here just a while ago. And I said, I said, Father Lute, let them, they, they, they want to go there. They want to just be with Angela and Dimitri and, and experience that thing for a while. So I said to Morris, I need you to know something. You don't owe me anything. You've been a faithful man. You've been a faithful friend. And I love you. And if you feel like you want to go there and enjoy that and not have the responsibilities and pace yourself there, buddy. I love you. Be free. So I went to South America, came back, had a coffee with him. He said, hey, you're 100% right. That's what we're going to do. I said, God bless you, bro. Why am I telling the story? Okay, so, and then Mike and Anne, Mike is a professor, university professor. He's got, a, he's got this um, two years of sabbatical, six months, six months. So he stepped up. So literally, Dennis and Vanessa, Andre and Julie, and then Barry and Lee, Mike and Anne, Morris and Sylvia, Bob Ruffer, six couples, gone. Like 18 months, and three in three months. Thank God. I had a bench. <laughs> Thank God I had a bench. You know what I'm saying? And, and, so, and then we also did Elders' training in November and January. And we trained uh, Terry and Jonathan, my daughter and son-in-law. And we trained um, Ephraim, who's Max Peter's son. And I don't think Ephraim, just his situation, I don't think he's ready yet uh, or can be released onto it. But Terry and Jonathan are going to be joining. So... You've got to be training and you've got to be positioning yourself for what God wants to do. You know? Have you heard of battle, battlefield promotions? Do you know what a battlefield promotion is? Yeah. So like in, in wars, and you, you can jump three or four ranks. Just like a boom from like a corporal to a sergeant or to whatever, you know? Just because people get taken out, people get injured and... The war's got to continue. And so in the army, one of the things they do in the military is they're always training you for a rank or two above the rank that you currently hold. So that if there's this battlefield promotion that takes place, you're ready for it. Okay, so you're not wasting your time yet tonight. This is one of the best things you could do with your life. Because who knows what God's call on your life is or when that call is going to come or what's going to happen. Amen. It's, it's really, really helpful for you. Okay. So, you know, the Bible said this, no man can pro promote another. Promotion does not come from the north or the south or the east or west, but it comes from the hand of God. So, I understand that there's many different people here from many different backgrounds and many different church flows and organizations. And it, what you, the thing you need to Realize, off the bat, is this. God promotes, yeah. not man. All right? This is not a career that you're on. And this is not a ministry career path that you're plotting out for yourself. Are you with me? No. I said it to the pastors today. Christianity is a, is a relationship. Paul writes and he says, I know whom I've believed in and I've entrusted to him for that day. He doesn't say, I know what I believe. A lot of Christians know what they believe. Not many know whom they believe in. 
And for Paul, it's a whom and not a what. And of course there's a what. But the what, the whom is way more important than what. The Pharisees and the Sadducees, they had a lot of what going on. They had a lot of head knowledge. They were very wise and intellectual and intelligent. I'll come to you now. But, you know, Jesus says to them, you belong to your father, the devil, and you carry out his desires. They're like, hey, but we only have one father, and that is Moses. He says, if, you, if Moses was your father, then you would do what he did. But, and then he speaks about you trying to kill me. You had a question. I think, you know, I mean, it's a good question. And definitely, look, I'm talking about in, a, in an ideal scenario, pr promotion comes from God. Are you with me? But in a lot of circles and in a lot of church flows and things like that, man is on his plan and there is a career path and there is a whole thing. And if you do this and you do this and you do this and you do that, then you get along with that. Are you with me? But, but in the kingdom, we talk, I'm talking from, we want to be a church that understands the kingdom of God. Jesus is the king. We are his subjects. Are you with me? And we are trying our best to serve him and follow his will and plan for our lives. And in that scenario, we rather, rather than you grasping, relax, be faithful, and allow God to promote you at the right time. And even in work. You know, I love this John 3.27. John the Baptist says this. A man can only receive what is given him from above. Now you can grasp a whole lot of things. But I'm telling you, the things you grasp, are, are, you'll find out that you don't really want them. Or you didn't really, it wasn't the right time for them. And it actually ends up burdening you and costing you. But the things that you receive, those are things that, in God's time, it's beautiful, and there's an ease, and there's a, a flow to it, and there's a rhythm of His grace that comes that is just amazing. And that's where I want you to live. Are you with me? Now, listen, there's different personalities, okay? It's like I'm an A-type personality, quite a driven, motivated individual. And so, I mean, I was like on the career path, and I was doing, pulling all the moves. Other guys are like Moses, you know. Now look, Moses was like that in the beginning, wasn't he? Yeah. You know, he kills the Egyptian and think, you know, God's going to deliver, use him to deliver the Israelites. Till Pharaoh says, we need to kill this guy. Am I right? Mm -hmm. Then what happens? He runs away, exactly. He's like, quick, gone, his chairs. Yes. Yeah. Then the burning bush. Then he's arguing with the burning bush. No, I'm the wrong guy. Choose someone else, please. I don't want to go. It's like... Am I, now he doesn't want the job because now he knows the pain. Am I right? But anyway, he goes back. But now he goes back understanding the deal and so God works. So here's the thing. Three, three phases. Calling, preparation, commissioning, and then I'll add a fourth one, commissioning. So everywhere, all over in the Bible, God calls people, and the call comes way before the commissioning. And between the call and the commission, in most cases, there's a tunnel of pain. 
Are you with me? There's a tunnel. Uh, and, but it's just a season of preparation. It's a season of God dealing with issues in, in, the, in his men and women's lives. Okay? So think of Moses. How many years did he lead the Israelites for? 40 years. How many years did he spend in Pharaoh's courts? 40 years. How many years did he spend in the, in the wilderness with the sheep? 40 years. Okay, exactly. So God spent 40 years preparing him in Pharaoh's courts. Okay. But how many of you know, not any prince. Can you imagine growing up in a prince and having to lead a million men, plus their women and wives and children and animals in the desert for 40 years? That prince isn't going to last a week. Yeah? Because he's used to guys fanning him and doing all of that stuff, you know? But now, a shepherd who learned to survive in the desert for 40 years, that shepherd, do you think any shepherd can just cruise into Egypt, knock on the door and say, I want to speak to Pharaoh? No chance. You've got to have an intimate knowledge of how Pharaoh works and his political system and the channels and all of those things. Yeah? And so God prepared him 40 years in Pharaoh's courts, 40 years in the wilderness, so that he could lead God's people for 40 years. Am I right? I mean, I don't think I've got any 80-year-olds yet tonight. None, not one. That means none of you are where Moses was when God said, okay, at the burning bush now. Amazing, hey? And so the preparation in Pharaoh's courts, the preparation in the wilderness for the 40 years of ministry. Does an, uh, is this okay? Yes. King David. I mean, there's a great example. Okay, this King David most probably epitomizes someone who understood I'm called. It's not a career. It's a, it's a lifelong journey with the Lord, and at the right time, he'll promote me. I mean, he wasn't, he, the prophet says, I'm coming to your house to anoint a king. Am I right? Goes through all the brothers, and the guy's like, listen, don't you have another son? Because none of these God has chosen. Hey! That little one. You know? The shepherd, bring him. This is God's anointed. And then he plays the harp and he's got to dodge the spears. Am I right? <laughs> and then there's Goliath. And then there's Saul's jealousies. David has killed these tens of thousands. Saul's has killed these thousands. Insecure leader. Threatened. Realizes God's spirit is lifting off of him. Can see God's spirit is on David. Are you with me? Wants to kill him. He's on the run. For, from, let's say, his teenage years till 30. They would, David would not have been the man that he was if he didn't have Saul in his life. Remember, he could have killed Saul there when he was taking a, excuse me, a dump in the cave. <laughs> you remember that? Am I right? Cuts the thing off. And what did he say? I will not touch God's anointed. In other words, if God wants me to be king, he'll make me king. If God doesn't want me to be king, I'm not going to be grasping for this thing. That's beautiful, my friend. Let me tell you something. You're going to be tested. You're going to be tested in this. You're going to be overlooked. You're going you're gonna to be bypassed. 
and every one of your fears and insecurities will manifest. Lack of it. You know, what used to happen at Cornerstone is that um, the elders would go away in June and they'd go away in November. And generally, every November, they would then tell us which elders are going to be released in the January and which elders we're going to plant and all of these things, you know. So, I mean, now, you know, you, you catch a wind of these things and you understand how the cycles work. And um, I remember for three years, I was like, hey, Lord Jesus, thank you, Lord. This is my year. <laughs> Claim it, Lord, you know. <sighs> three years, nothing. And then I remember thinking, hey, Lord, this is ridiculous. I can't go through this, you know. Like, so I said, Lord, I'm... I'm I just want to pray and fast for the elders. And Lord, man, we need the right men and women for the, this season. Please give them wisdom to choose the right guys. Totally not about me now. Totally laid the thing down. Jim calls me. We'd like you to come on. I was stunned. It was as if I'd surrendered that thing to the Lord and I was at peace and at ease. And it didn't, honestly, it wasn't going to matter to me now who they were going to choose because I just understood we need the Lord's choosing. And if I looks like, like golf clap, well done, my boy. Finally, you know, now, okay. Now you can be ready for it, you know. So I don't know if that's helpful, but just understand that there's calling. There's a preparation phase. Where God is going to work on your head, He's going to give you some information. He's going to work on your hands. You've got, you've got, to, you've got to have some leadership skill and ability. Yeah? And then he's going to work in your heart. You've got to be a man or a woman after God's own heart. You've got to have a heart for the Lord and his people. Because I promise you now, it's not about you. It's not about you. It's about God and his people. It's not about us. Just a little case study. You can go and do some homework. You go read Exodus chapter 3. When God speaks to Moses at the burning bush. Okay? And from, I think, about verse 3 to verse about 10. And I've got a chill, I'll tell you now. Oh, I don't have it in the notes there, but I'll, I'll quickly get it for you. Because I, I think this is important for you to go and see it. Just underscoring the point that it's not about us. It's about, it's about the Lord. So from Exodus 3 to verse 7. So Exodus 3 verse 7 to verse 10. Three verses. Go and read. How many times God mentions himself? How many times God mentions the Israelites? Now the reference can be I have seen the misery of my people in Egypt. So I, my, people. This is a reference to God or the people. You understand? If you go read it, you'll see that God mentions himself ten times. He mentions the Israelites ten times. And at the end he says, therefore go, I'm sending you. Moses is mentioned once. <laughs> Amazing, eh? Listen, this is about me and this is about my people and I'm worried about them in Egypt and I'm wanting to deliver them from Egypt and I want to bring them into the promised land so I've chosen you to be the man. But it's not about you. 
It's about me and it's about my people and their freedom from slavery and captivity to go into the inheritance that I've prepared for. Isn't that beautiful, eh? I mean, there's, I've preached this before, Sir Neil, about how God, he had to go through the love test. He had to go through the presence test. Do you remember that? So it had to be about, this is more about God's presence and my glory. This is more about these people than me. And, and so your heart. What's God going to do from call to preparation? He's going to work on your heart. He's going to work on your heart motivation. The why we do what we do. Let me tell you guys, this job is just too tough. It's hard, man. You know? It's too hard to do it in your own strength. And I promise you, the glamour of travel and preaching on a Sunday and all of that stuff fades after three months. And you need to realize, especially if you're a part-time elder, you're taking on a second job and you're not getting paid for it. <laughs> Am I right? Take a bad to see that the back there is like, exactly. You know? I wish someone told me this before I signed up for the job. It's what it is. Now, who in their right mind would actually want that if it wasn't from God? Now, now, obviously, the flip side of it is, listen, if it's of God, there's nothing better you could do on the planet with your life than do that. For, not for the Lord, with the Lord. Are you with me? This can be no greater call. But, you, but if, you haven't set, if, you haven't, if you haven't understood in your heart that this is not about me, it's about God and His people, you will not make it. You will give up. You will give up. You will give up. The people are not nice enough. Are you with me? I'm serious. And when they bite you, it's sore. <laughs> you know? And there's a real devil. You know? And, it, and, you've, and you've got to just understand... It's a long-term thing. It's not a, a one-day game. It's a long-term thing. And it's the most delightful thing on the planet. But it does come with a price, and you need to be ready for that. And I, let's see, I'm going to go, no one on the ship after this, but it just, it's just, it's important. You know, and I remember, you know when, have you ever done marriage counseling? You've got this couple, they're deeply, madly in love with each other, and they sit there, and they tolerate you for the six sessions you do on premarital counseling. <laughs> And they bat their eyelids at one another and you can just see they're thinking, mm, you don't know us. With us it will be different. <laughs> then, that same couple six months later, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you think, what happened? <laughs> Life and marriage happened, but and when that old poops, it stinks. You know? <laughs> But what's even worse, when she poops, it also stinks. <laughs> and the harsh reality of what life smacks you in the face, am I right? You know? It's just the same with eldership. It's just the same with the call of God. It's, you know? 
You know, you think and you're going to arrive at night, the angels have rolled a red, a red carpet down to your bed. There's a chocolate on the pillow. There's a thank you note from Jesus. Thank you so much for looking after my people this week. You know, what a blessing you are. Never had it. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's amazing. I love it, you know. Really. I mean, and I, I come here and it's like I'm coming back to family. See Craig Nuster. See you guys. See so many of you that I know. It's a delight. You know? It's a delight. It's wonderful. But then you come home from a trip, you know, pour your life down in South America, come back, you had a great meeting. You've had, a, you've had an incredible ministry. You, honestly, it's like you've been on the mountaintop. It's like Elijah, like you've slain the prophets of Baal. And you walk back in, but cheers, cheers, cheers. Cancer, retiring, no visa. I'm out of here. Check the bank balance. God help me. <laughs> you like that, eh? Look at it. It's like, yeah. what's going on? You're like, what happened? Where's the mountain? Let me just go back, you know, flip. You know, that's what it is, you know. But what's going to hold you? An unshakable confidence that God called me. You know, we were away with Henny Cater last week. And he was with our church on the Sunday before. And at our leaders meeting on the Sunday night, he, he four things, and Gareth posted it, and I'm sure he's told you about it, but he said, first thing, he reminds himself, Lord, you are my dwelling place. I live under the shelter of your wing. Now, in me, I've taught him this before, yeah? We live from the throne room. A glorious throne exalted from the beginning is the place of our sanctuary. Amen? We live from the throne room. We've got access to the throne room. He supplies all our needs. Number one. Number two. Help me. It, it is you that has called me. It's not my call. It's not my idea. Amen? I'm, I responded to your choosing of me, to your calling of me. This is my call. This is your call of me, not my call of me. So you don't personalize the call. You see, because when you personalize the call, then you pick and choose. All the nice bits and not the nice bits. But no, no, no. God has called you to the good, the bad, and the ugly, and he called you through it all. He called you through it all. It's his call, not your call. Learn to be bypassed. Learn to be overlooked. You are going to be overlooked. You are... And, and therefore, you need to live free and healed. Am I right? You need to live free and healed. And then the, the fourth one is, don't marginalize the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life. Amen? Hey, the Lord is your shepherd. You are his sheep. You know, he, he is, and he shepherds you through the word and through the Holy Spirit and through other people in your life. But you need to be humble enough to be listening to the word, to be listening to the Spirit, and to be listening to the key people in your life. Amen? So don't marginalize what God is doing in and through your life. Be, be sensitive, have an ear, soft heart to hear and to see what God is doing in your life. Amen? So that's all around preparation. What's he going to prepare? Your head. Do eat to him. Have a Bible reading program. Work through things systematically. Do the leadership stuff that they have here. 
Come to the training on Sunday nights. You've got to equip yourself. Your hands, then get some good skills, leadership skills in work, wherever you find yourself. Go on all the courses. Do everything that you can to get your leadership skills up and running. And then lastly, your heart. Work on your heart. Bring it to be the Lord. You know? You know, when God shows you your heart, don't, don't get overwhelmed. He knew about it anyway. It was fraught. And he loved you anyway. And he's just cutting out the front pieces and he's bringing the right stuff. Am I right? Good. So any questions on that before we move on? Happy with that. So that, that's just basically, basically explaining to you the process and the call of God and how you need to make sure that you're not on a career path. Because my friend, the career path guys, that don't last. They do not last. Because it's their call. It's their terms. It's their things. You know? It's not, it's not, it's, it's not the Lord's. Yes. Sorry, I just want to ask. Um, I read a piece once that Randy Blair about the David season of Moses, and he said that you know sometimes we can prolong that season by stubbornness or um, pride or whatever. So, what is your opinion on that? Like, how do you not do that? <laughs> well, I think you. It's a great question, I love, and uh, you don't. I mean, she's. You know, I'm 51, I'm still, in the, I'm still in some areas in the desert, you know. I, God opposes the pride and gives grace to the humble. Are you with me? So I think you prolong it by being stubborn, by, 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 by not, you prolong it if you marginalize the Holy Spirit. You prolong it if it's a harachat. Are you with me? You, pro, you prolong it if, if, all in those ways, if you're living according to the flesh and not the Spirit, then it's what it is, you know. But also having said that, hey, it sucks. This is so important. God has got no molds. He's only, he's got unique individual callings and for people. And you can't compare yourself with other people. You know, David, it was one way. Moses, it was another way. Nehemiah, it was another way. What about Joseph? You know, God gave him the dream of the sun and the moon and the stars and the sheaves of wheat. Am I right? Did he, did, he, did he not see the movie of uh, the dragon? You know, part of his wife. Did he not see the dream of the, the dungeon? You know, dungeon and dragons. You know, it's like... God only gave him the mountaintops. But what about the valleys? So... You can't bypass it. And you just got to go through it. And you don't compare yourself. You don't, you know. And then Daniel, the same thing. You know, Daniel, incredible guy, you know. And you know, Daniel, what is interesting about Daniel is, you know, Daniel came out of the exiles. And those oaks were a bunch of idol worshipping. They were, they were kicked out of the promised land because of idolatry, because of sexual immorality, and because of a whole lot of stuff. And there God raises up this incredibly pure faithful and righteous man out of nothing. I think, God, you're amazing. You know, you, you, nothing limits you. You can work through things, you know. So don't limit God in your life. But that means cooperate with him. By following his word, by following his spirit, by opening your heart to people. Okay? Is that cool? Let's quickly just understand 
basic church structure. What? How many minutes we got left for the session? It's um. It's now ten to seven. Ten minutes. Okay. Just go quickly with me to Philippians chapter one, verse one. And again, this is so, guys, this is, I mean, I'm not apologizing for this because I hope it's helpful what I'm sharing with you, but I understand that this is, this is one-on-one leadership training. Are you with me? Okay. But in Philippians chapter one, verse one, we get an incredible picture of what I would like to think um, the offices in the Bible. Are you with me? The kind of like, if you have a career path, these would be, this would be the career path, but we don't have one. Okay. So it says this in Philippians one, verse one. Trying to identify the four groups of people. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus. To all of the saints in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and the, de- and the deacons. Okay, so give me the four areas. So who's the servants? Paul and Timothy. Okay, so I want to know what grouping is that. Then to the saints. Okay, so there's a grouping there. Overseers, there's a grouping there. And the deacons, there's a group in there. Okay, so in a local church, three things, three kind of groups that make up a local church. The saints, which we call the priesthood of all believers. Am I right? The second you get born again, you're a saint. The Pope doesn't make you a saint. Jesus makes you a saint. And you become a part of the priesthood of all believers. Then there's another group of people in the life of the church called the deacons. Okay? And that word simply means the servants. Okay? And then there are the overseers mentioned here. Okay? And that's the group of people that we're talking tonight. Okay? And we'll unpack that a little bit in the next session. And then there's this fourth grouping of people, which are the servants. Okay? Who are Paul and Timothy. Okay? Now, in this context, who are Paul and Timothy? They are translocal gifts. Okay? And, and I'll explain that in a moment. But they are writing the Philippians letter to the Philippian church. So the church is made up of, the local church, every local church is made up of saints, deacons, and elders. All right? And, and that's it. Now, now, let me just pause there before I go into the translocal ministry. Daniel, Joseph, Moses, David, Esther, Nehemiah. All of these men have something in common in women. They were not prophets. They were not Levites. They were not priests. They were not full-time pastors. They were not elders. They were saints. a person being a mature saint for their whole life. You don't miss God if you remain a saint your whole life. Am I right? Now, these are awesome men of God. But, they, but Moses was a political leader. Daniel 
was that as well. He was an advisor to kings. He was a, he was a one of the wise men. David was a king. Um, Joseph, <laughs> he was a servant in a house. He was a warden of a prison. He was prime minister of a country. Esther was queen of a nation. Nehemiah was a cupbearer to a king that then became an ambassador to a country. So important we get this. I want, to, I want to say something else. When you read the qualifications of an elder and you read the qualifications of a deacon, I said, tell you what you're reading. You're reading the job description of a mature saint. That's all. You understand that? It's like, so what the Bible is saying is, listen, if you want to be an elder or a deacon in the life of a church, you've got to be mature, as mature or maturing at the rate of the saints. You see, in different churches and different ages of churches, different people qualify for eldership in those churches. You know, you've got a cornerstone now. Because of the age of the church and the life cycle in the church and the average maturity level of the mature saints in that church, a lot of people from a church plant that's a couple of years old, they aren't, they, they're not going to qualify to be deacons or elders in that church because there are so many elders and deacons there in that church that those guys have got this really amazing crop to pull from. And that's why they just keep on producing great churches and great church planners and great ministry people because of the years of foundational ministry. My friend used to do triathlons and cycling events. And he talked about a base fitness. And he talked about peaking, like a pyramid. And the bigger the base, the higher you can peak. Am I right? And, so, and what's happening in Sydney Hill is over the, you know, this is not the same church it was when it was planted. How many years? 10 years ago? 15 years. Yes. And it's like the base has got, you know, bigger. And, and so because the, the average level of the maturity of the saints is increasing, and so the deacons that are coming on are, are more mature. The elders that come, they're more mature. They're at, at another level. Am I making sense there? Here's the thing. In a growing church, you've just got to make sure that the deacons and the elders are going to grow at the same pace or faster than the, most of the saints. Because what often happens in church is the guys come on. Now, if they're career guys, they come on. What was the goal? Become a saint, become a deacon, become an elder. Then they stop growing. I don't know why, but they just stop progressing. And then what happens is a lot of people go past them in their maturity level or the elders and then the God, or they become irrelevant because they stopped growing because they didn't understand that yes, there's a call, yes, there's a preparation, yes, there's a commissioning, but there's a continuing into the things of God. And if you don't keep on moving forward and progressing and being sanctified and all of these things, you're going to, like Standard Bank, you're going to get left behind. If you're not looking, get in, if you're not looking ahead, you're going to get left behind. You understand what I'm saying? So, all of that to say this. It's, don't think for one second that a, a person in the life of... The saints are not secondary. The saints are not the lowest. 
Luchus. You understand? They are the sheep. Are they the eighteen? They should. They the ones that are do. They should be doing ninety percent of the ministry and the work. And they are the ones that are the kingdom advances. And they are the ones that we need to empower to do the work of the ministry in the world. See, all these guys I mentioned were incredible examples of kingdom men and women impacting the world with the kingdom to sanctify the world, to make it a better place. But in most churches, guys, the saints are spectators, consumers. Bring the popcorn on the TV and watch the show, you know? And they think they've done their Christian bit because they went to church on Sunday. That's what makes me a Christian. No. 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 That's not God's call on your life. God's call is for you to be a kingdom man or woman and to advance his kingdom. And creation is waiting for the sons and daughters of God to be manifest so that they can restore what was fallen and bring the kingdom of God into those areas. Amen. And so, when you say, so we've got to be trusting God for that. Now, is this helpful? This is, let me, there's three pictures, overwhelming pictures in the Bible. And over the years as I've come, I've shared them with you as a church. But I want to remind you, there's three pictures in the Bible that describes a mature saint. Number one is that they are to be trees of life. And I'm thinking Revelations 20, 22. You know, there's the Lamb of God and the throne of God, and there's the river of God flowing from the Lamb and the throne, right? And on the banks of the river of life, the trees of life grow. Their roots are into the river of life, so they're drawing from the river of life that makes them trees of life. And they produce two things. They produce fruit every month, never failing to bear fruit, 12 crops. And their leaves are for the healing of the nation. Now, for me, that's very simple. It's a picture of a saint... That, that whose life consistently produces the fruits of the Spirit. What is the fruits of the Spirit, Tim? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. The Bible says, I got to say things there is no law. So consistently, what God's ideal in a church of mature saints is that anyone in the church or in the world can come to the life of that saint and pick from the fruit of their life at any season of the year, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nation. Now for me, you know, plants in general in, in the world have got a lot of healing properties, am I right? And the more they study, all the, all the research and development, they're going to the plants, they're getting the stuff, and then they, they, what do they call it, they copy that synthetically in their labs, and then they reproduce it. Now, it's, I'm oversimplifying, but you understand that. Now, if you think about for me, the leaves represent the gifts of the Spirit. All the gifts of the Spirit. Are you with me? And it's like, we've, you've done the gifted series, and we have a gift mix, yes? But it's like a mature saint is able to just naturally flow with the gifts, kick into the gifts, and in the situation can see the gifts flowing. I mean, didn't Jesus do this? Didn't, you know, Peter, when he, uh, silver and gold I don't have, but what I have I give to you. Boom. Rise up and walk in Jesus' name. 
It's like, I think that God's ideal for mature saints is that their lives just consistently, naturally release the fruits of the, the gifts of the Spirit. Amazing, eh? Yeah? Now, how's this for amazing? Mark Bailey used to say this. God always says, come before he says, go. Now, do you know that in Revelations it says this, you have been given the right to the tree of life. So now watch it. Uh, I'm thinking Psalm, 30, uh, Psalm 36 verse um, 7 and 8. It says, um, in your light we see light. Um, for with you is the fountain of life. So Jesus is the fountain of life, okay? And, and he's our tree of life. So before we are trees of life, we have access to the tree of life. So watch here. Before you produce the fruits of the Spirit, you can receive the fruits of the Spirit for yourself. In other words, what that means, you experience God's love. You experience God's peace. You experience God's goodness. You experience God's kindness. You experience God's self-control. You experience God's gentleness. You experience God's pain. Freely you have what? Therefore, freely? The gifts of this, you, the tree of life. You can eat from the leaves of the Jesus is your tree of life. He is your source. You live from the throne room. So you go there and you, you experience God's gifts flowing to you. You experience it. You've tasted and seen that God is good. And then guess what happens? Through you. It flows to you and then it flows through you. This is. Can you just think, follow my logic. If this church, Gareth, had its goal, we are aiming to produce mature saints. And I'm, and I'm telling you the Bible's ideal of what a mature saint looks like. One picture, tree of life. And I'll go through the other two now. Now you want to choose deacons. Every single person in the church qualifies to be a deacon. Every one of them. Because what's the qualification for an elder and deacon? Mature saints. Now what you're looking for? Just who's called? Only who's called? Now it's not a question of where are they? Blip. Gee, Lord, who have you called? Isn't that a beautiful picture? Eh? And the guy who's called to be Moses or Joseph or Daniel... He's secure in what he's called to. He's secure in his God and he is bumping for the things of the kingdom there. He doesn't want to be a deacon. Not because he looks down on it, but because he's clear on that call. And he's not competing to be a deacon. And the deacon is not competing to be that person because they're secure in their call. Wow, this is a beautiful picture. You're catching me here, guys. So let's go to the next picture. River of life. The flows from the, from the throne of God and the Lamb of God. Now, if you, I'm thinking Isaiah 32, Isaiah 35. In both of those scriptures, it says this. Then, speaking of when the Spirit is poured out, the eyes of the blind will be opened. The ears of the deaf will be unstopped. The mute tongue will shout for joy. The lame limbs will be healed. Okay? So, 
my, my understanding of that and how I unpack that for us to be a river of life, now, okay, is by the Spirit of God, your spiritual ears are open. You can hear what God is saying to you. Remember what Jesus said? I only say what I hear the Father saying. Okay, so a mature saint, John 10, I know my sheep and my sheep know me. The voice of another they will not follow. Now again, this is the standard for who? Sheep. Sheep. If I had to go and interview a hundred of your people and I said to them, I'm genuinely in your heart of hearts now. Do you believe that you can hear from God for yourself and that he knows your name and he speaks to you by name? Do you have the ability inbuilt, innate as a sheep to hear God? Now, I think they would say yes on the one hand and then you ask them, are you actually living it out on the other hand? But that's the Bible's teaching and Jesus' teaching. So it's so the ability to hear. It's the Bible says that's for every sheep. The ability to see. So you don't just hear. Jesus says, I only do what I see the Father doing. So in the spirit, there's a seeing in what God wants to do in a situation. That the average saint should do. Yeah? Now, out of the overflow of the the mouthful. So if you have a heart that is seeing and hearing, guess what's going to happen? You're no longer mute. What does Jeremiah say? It's like fire shut up in my eyes. Woe to me if I do not speak. Okay, so, so the, 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 thank you, but the, the natural product of, of, a, of a, a heart whose eyes are seeing and ears, ears are hearing will be, you're just going to talk. Now, this, in life, this works. See a good movie. Have you seen The Jesus Revolution? Huh? You have to see that movie, Oaks. Come on, that is amazing, that movie. Yeah, that's a good movie. And, but I just tell everyone about that movie because it made such an impact on my heart. Are you with me? Like a good restaurant, etc., etc. Now, watch out. When you see and you hear what God wants to do and you're speaking it out, guess what happens? You start, your hands start to do what God has shown you. You start to, lame limbs become healed. Your hands start to do the works of God. These hands are His hands. Your feet start to walk in His ways. So how do you be a river of life? That's how you be a river of life. It's not difficult. It's not complicated. Now watch here. The Bible says this. Also in Revelation 22. You, blessed are those who have washed their robes, that they might have a right the river of life. Come all you are thirsty. Isaiah 11. I think. Come and drink. No, it's not Isaiah 11. It's 555. And, it, and there's three things you can drink. Water, wine, and milk. Milk, obviously, that's the basics of the faith. Wine is the joy. It's the love. It's the overflow. And, and water, well, that's just, you just need water to survive. Am I right? But you've got access to So watch here. Before you are a tree of life, sorry, before you are a river of life, what is Jesus to you? A river of life. Before you hear for God for others, you yearn for yourself. Before you see for others, you see for yourself. Before you speak to others, 
You speak to yourself. You do for yourself. You walk in his ways for yourself. Because he is your river of life, then he flows through you to others. Imagine, imagine, imagine with me a, a church where the average saint is flowing like that. Whoa, that's, a, that's an ideal for me. Amen? Last picture. You're a light to the world. In also Revelation 22, verse 1 to 5, it says that there's the, there's the, um, the, the, lamb, and the th- uh, lamb and the throne, the river flows from it, the trees of life are there. Then it says that there's no need for any sun because the lamb is the light. Am I right? Okay. Now, I'm thinking of, go back to Revelations 4, before the throne, the seven lamps are blazing. These are the seven spirits of God. Thinking Revelation 25, Jesus, the Lamb, he had seven horns and seven eyes. These are the seven spirits of God. Okay? So now, then you go to Zechariah chapter uh, 4. He sees the tree. Zerubbabel, the governor, and Joshua, the high priest. And there's an olive tree, and there's olive oil flowing from the tree into this bowl. And there's this bowl, and there's seven lamps blazing on the menorah. Are you with me? And that's the verse that it says, not by might, but but by my spirit, says the Lord. This is the sevenfold spirit of God, okay? And this links to Isaiah chapter 11. The spirit of the Lord will rest in him. The Lord, the spirit of love, God is love. The spirit of wisdom and knowledge and understanding. The spirit of counsel, the spirit of power, and the spirit of the fear of the Lord. Okay? Now, what's the light? The average saint in your church. God is love. And right? that's the basic, you cut God is love. The average saint in your church, the agape love of God. Has fl- we love because he loved us first. This is love. Not that we have loved God. That be- There's love that flows to them and then flows through them. Wisdom of God. Counsel of God. Understanding of God. He gives it to them. They, ha- they receive it for themselves. Jesus is their light. The Holy Spirit is their light. Then they can give it. Speak counsel, the ability to speak. They just got this ability to speak. Power. Power is energy. You're right? You need power. You, you need energy. It's not new age. It's biblical, okay? God is your source. He gives you power. Not by my, not by power, but by my spirit. The spirit gives you his power, okay? And then the fear of the Lord. Well, the fear of the Lord is an, an acknowledgement that you can do nothing on your own and that in everything you are dependent on him. That's what it means to live in the fear of the Lord. Now, can you imagine... If the saints in this church were having just in their lives the seven manifestations of the Holy Spirit, instead of ha ha ha, shake, shake, rattle and roll, and get up in the same, no, shake, shake, rattle and roll, I'm not mocking it, then they get up and the fire of these seven spirits is blazing in their lives. Love and all of these things. Now, I want to tell you, in most of our churches, including Lighthouse, like and even in my life, I'm not happy with the kind of tree of life that I am, the river of life that I am, or the delight that I am. And so I'm telling you this to say, even, remember we talked about calling, preparation, commissioning. I want to ask you, how are you doing in terms of eating from the tree of life? Because what you eat... You, you'll become like him, all right? Garbage in, garbage out. Are you drinking the right stuff? And are you 
positioning yourself in the right light. Because that's what God wants you to be, my friends. And, and you know, we've got to learn to walk in the easy rhythms of His grace. And as we do this, let me tell you something. Eldering will be a joy. Deaconing will be a joy. And wherever you find yourself, wherever you go, see, I, honestly, when Jesus says, come unto me, all you are weary and heavy laden, and let me give you rest for your soul. I think he's thinking this. There's a life in the spirit that we are in the shallow end of, the ankle deep, and he wants us to run in it. And if you ask me, as I travel the world, and the revival that God wants to bring and what he wants to pour in the church, it's that. It's, it's the saints, elders, and deacons fully manifesting as trees of life, rivers of life, lights to the world. And guess what? The world has got no answer and cannot deny that and just has got to respond. Father, Lord, this is priesthood training, not even elders or deacons training. But Lord, it's helpful. It's helpful, Lord. And Lord, I pray for this wonderful church and these wonderful leaders. Won't you just release faith right now into their hearts that, Lord, they be these things as they live from your throne room, as they access your empowering grace, as they live in your mercy. Lord, this is not something that they attain. It's something they be. And then it flows out of them. And I pray just even now in this name of Jesus for faith to be a tree of life for faith to be a river of life and for faith to be a light to the world. In Jesus' name. Thanks for joining us for today's message. Don't forget to check out our website or visit City on a Hill International on Instagram or Facebook for our updates, celebration times or ways you can get involved. We are also streaming our message on Facebook Live so make sure you join us or share the post. Thanks again for checking out our podcast. We'll see you soon.